This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Like nothing you have ever heard before. It's a tough room. It's the place to be. Thrive to survive. It's Taz. It's the Moose. It's CBS Sports Radio. One, two, three. You know it's every day. Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport. You know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL to college games. They always bring in the knowledge. Nobody ever could try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth. Only be talking the truth. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. It is Taz of the Moose with you. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Zach Gelb in for Taz. Mark Malusis with you. Let's hit the guest line. Billy King joins us now. Uh, NBA executive, Nets general manager. Now check him out. NBA TV does a, a fantastic job. Hey, Billy, Mark, and Zach with you. Thanks for a couple minutes. Happy 4th. Good morning. Good morning. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. I'm at the airport here in Atlanta, so if you hear some noise, that's that's where I'm at. Well, there you go. Well, safe travels, all right, Billy? And we we appreciate you cutting out a couple minutes for us this morning. Uh, let's start here, you know, with the story Zach and I, and, and really it's dominating the sports landscape around the NBA. Are are you surprised that, that Kawhi is still sitting on this decision as we sit here, you know, four and a half days into NBA free agency? Well, it's, it's kind of ironic that uh, since everybody else made their decisions quick, that people are, like, wondering what's taking Kawhi so long. you got to remember – this is his first chance of going through an actual free agency. So, you know, he's taking the meetings and taking his time. You know, Durant did that a couple of years ago when he took his meetings. LeBron did that before going to Miami and Bosch and Wade. So this is his first time. So, I mean, I think it's, and it's a big decision for him. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's going to be rushing to, to make that decision. Billy, you know, when I look at this situation, I would love to see him stay in Toronto or go to the Clippers just because, you know, it. there's been so many super teams over the last few years. If he goes to the Lakers, it kind of eliminates that feeling going into the season of, of not knowing who's going to be going to the finals, at least in one side of the conference, uh, before the year starts. How about that factor into it with if he does go to the Lakers, you know, you basically have another super team for him. Well, you know, a lot of times on paper, these super teams look great, um, and, and it doesn't pan out, and they don't work for them. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not as concerned that because they've still got to gel, they've still got other pieces. Uh, I would like to see them stay in Toronto because see if they can repeat. You know, I think they got some young pieces that are getting better. Um, so, to me, I think he flew across country to go back and meet with them. If he If he leaves Toronto – to go make his decision, then I think he's leaving Toronto. If he stays in Toronto to make a decision, I think he's going to stay. Because uh, if he if he, if he he says he's going to L.A., he's in L.A., and he's in Canada, it's going to be hard to get out. Uh, I think Custom's going to make it harder for him to get out of here. <laughs> well, if he's going to L.A., you better make sure wheels are up, Billy, uh, that he's in the air before that, before that note goes out. Uh, because I, you know, Zach and I were discussing earlier on, I mean, that was a surreal scene yesterday. 
I mean, the the the, the Canada, Toronto, they love their Kawhi Leonard. They really do. They're following him, you know, tracking him with the helicopter. I mean, that was uh, that was unreal. I mean, if you're Kawhi Leonard, that's a, you got to eat that up with a spoon, no? Well, you you have to because you know a lot of players and you know have the support of their city. If you're in L.A., if you're in New York, or Dallas. But he's got the support of the whole country. I mean, and that to me, watching that yesterday to see them tracking his every move uh, when he went to after they won the championship, when we went to the Blue Jays game and seeing the ovation, that's that's hard to turn down, especially when they can pay you the most amount of money too. When they can talk 190 million, and you're gonna you're gonna be beloved because if you go to LA, you're gonna share the spotlight. It's gonna be LeBron. It's gonna be AD. And, you know, you're not going to get that. You're going to get support, but it's not going to be like you do in Canada. We know it's down to three teams. You've been in these meetings before and making these pitches. How much does the pitch matter? Do you have a feeling that probably Kawhi, you know, wakes up this morning and probably knows what he's doing regardless? Well, you you take time. And Toronto sort of has the advantage. They know him. And so you know the questions that he may want to have answered. Uh, I heard one of the bigger questions he's trying to find out is medical. L.A., what's the medical like? The Clippers, what's your medical like? You know, Toronto, he knows. And so when you make those pitches, you're trying to figure out, okay, these are the questions most likely he has. Let's try to answer those. What is our team going to look like going forward the next three or four years? You know, how are we going to continue to build around them? How are we going to continue when this player, you know, is get older? So those are the questions. And after you make that pitch, then you sit back and just wonder, okay, did we do enough? And you're waiting and waiting and waiting until you get that phone call. Yeah, Billy, what do you think the league wants? Where do you think they would prefer Kawhi Leonard to end up? You know, I, I think the league would be okay if he stayed in Toronto uh, because you, the Lakers have LeBron and AD. You know, the Clippers had a nice story going to the playoffs. So, I mean, I think the league would like to see it, you know, staying in Toronto because, like, the you know, it gives support to the home team that, you know, they keep their free agents. Like when Paul George – Everybody just thought he was going to go to the Lakers from Oklahoma City after being traded from Indiana, and he stayed in Oklahoma City. It makes those smaller market teams, you know, give them uh, an opportunity. Billy King here with us, Taz and Moose, Zach Gelbin for Taz. Mark Melusa is here with you, as always, on CBS Sports Radio. And, Billy, I have to ask you about the Nets. You know, I grew up as a Nets fan. I was on board when you make that trade for with the Celtics, and I thought it was the right move at the time. And as we know, uh, it didn't work out, and it wasn't how it was envisioned. Uh, how about what the Nets were able to do, getting KD and Kyrie, and, and what a job this has been, uh, Sean Marks' turn around the franchise? No, I think Sean has done a great job. I you know, texted ownership and told them once they got you know, the commitment from uh, KD and, and Kyrie, congrats. Uh, I'm happy for them. You know, I, I root for the borough. I, I live in there. I was just there a couple weeks ago visiting friends. So, to me, I think Sean did a great job, and it, and it proves – that it, there's different ways to build a franchise. You know, you can do it with picks, but the ultimate, you've got to be able to draft right, which I think Sean did, and you've got to be able to develop players, which I think Kenny's done. Um, and there's been a lot of teams that are a lot of picks, but they never developed the players. So I think they did both things very well. So I give them a lot of props. Yeah, and, and Irving and Durant, you know, how do you think, A, Billy, how do you think they work together? We know they're great friends, um, but and, and how do you think this plays out in Brooklyn? Well, it's, you know, the, the big thing is Kyrie's going to have a chance to play before Kyrie, before Durant's able to get back on the court next year. So I think he'll get a feel for um, the style that Kenny wants to play and his teammates. And I think for Kevin, because he's very cerebral, being around his teammates and understanding him and supporting him, uh, they'll fit well because KD doesn't need the ball as much. And, uh, and, and they're at a point in this, their careers now, it's about winning. 
They both have championships in the mass. They're, they're wealthy beyond their means. Now it's about winning. Billy, you know, this could be a little, like, silly-sounding question, but, you know, being someone that's lived in New York and grew up in New York, uh, there's so many times where you feel as if the Nets are just trying to chase the, the back pages to, you know, keep up with the relevance of the Knicks, even though the Knicks haven't won anything uh, in a long time. When you're the general manager, I know you're trying to win, but does that all trying to be relevant in New York maybe play into your mind in some of the decisions? Well, I, yeah, I think that, that, that was as a part of that that was there. But I think this time around, I think Sean just built the team and just kept plodding along and, and got in the playoffs this year. And there wasn't a lot of talk about, you know, Durant. There was always talk of Kyrie. Everybody saw Durant's going to New York. And they just let that be out there, and then they got it done. And now everybody's sort of in shock. Um, but I, I felt all along that they had the best possible situation because they made the playoffs. They had a good nucleus. They had been growing. Uh, and, and I and I knew KD liked Brooklyn, uh, the borough itself, for, for a long time. Uh, we're talking with Billy King here, Mark and uh, Mark Melusa, Zach Gelb. Hey, hey, Billy, down in Philadelphia, want to get your thoughts on what the 76ers did? Um, you know, we know Butler's now a member of Miami. Uh, they bring in Horford. They re-sign Tobias Harris. They lose Reddick to New Orleans. What about this 76er team? Are they better than the team that got eliminated by Toronto in the postseason? They will be better if Joel Embiid is in better shape and is able to play in the playoffs because everything's going to go right now. He's, he's, he's unstoppable. Um, I like the fact of adding Josh Richardson. He's 26 years old, adding Tobias Harris, you know, keeping Tobias Harris. So I, keep, I think he keeps him on the young trajectory. I love J.J. being a Duke guy, but I think if he was getting older, they needed to shape it up a little bit. And adding Horford, who is older, but I think it gives them a guy that can play power forward with Embiid, and when Embiid has to rest, you can play him at center. Does Simmons develop the jump shot, or does he develop the confidence to take the jump shot this year? I think it's more about the confidence to take I'm the jump shot. I'm with you. And I, and I think you'll see him take I don't think it's, it's as much that, you know, Giannis, you know, he didn't make that many threes, but it's just you has got to take it with the rotation because when the ball swung around, you're open. The guys expect the shot to go up to go to the boards, and when you don't shoot it, they got to readjust, and the defense has a chance to readjust. So I think he will have the confidence. I think you'll see him taking it a lot more this year. I know you got to run, Billy, but what's on the barbecue today? Uh, I'm trying to decide, do I do a pork, pork shoulder or do I do ribs? I'm not sure yet. Mm, oh, send us some, right? Oh, that's, a, that's a nice combination <laughs> there, Billy. Why not both, Billy? It's the 4th of July. You can, yeah, let me do them both. There you go. Hey, Billy, we appreciate the time. Safe travels, and, uh, and thanks for a couple minutes here. Happy 4th to you and your family. You're welcome. Take care, guys. Happy fourth. You got it. Uh, there you go. Former Nets GM Billy King. Uh, check him out, NBA TV. Giving you thoughts on on everything surrounding the association. We'll get more into uh, certainly the the Kawhi decision, but you know the the amount of money that's been doled out and the fact that um, you know we wrapped up that conversation talking about the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, Zach, and um, you know a city that's close to your heart, having gone to school at Temple and everything the like, and the Seventy Sixers clearly going through everything that they went through with Presti and the process and developing and tanking and everything like that. Uh, I'd be a little concerned uh, with Simmons, um, and I get you're between a rock and a hard place uh, where you have to offer him the five year, one hundred seventy million dollar deal that they offered him, and eventually, as Woj has reported, that deal will get done. Right? They just have to work through some contract language, but. They're going to maximize him out. Uh, I'd be concerned that he can't shoot. Um, and and everyone could say, well, he could still work on it. You know, he has not gotten better. He's almost gotten worse since his days at LSU. He was in that one-year run as a member of LSU down the SEC. 
Uh, he doesn't want to shoot it. Guys leave him wide open. He refuses to take a jumper. He has a, It's an ugly shot. He hasn't reworked the jumper either. I'd have concerns in today's day and age of giving a guy, even with all of his athletic ability, and it's great that he's able to be effective without a jumper. But, Zach, I mean, jump shooting's key in today's day and age in the NBA. And if he's not, if the reports are true and he's not working on it day in and day out to get that jumper there, aren't you a little concerned about giving him the contract that he's looking for? I don't buy that he's not working on it day in and day out because I've been there before games and practices, and he does shoot. Now, it doesn't always look pretty, but he does shoot three-pointers after three-pointers. I really do believe it's the confidence, and you're dead on. When you look at what they did, they take away J.J. Redick, who was a safety blanket. We all know how good he is uh, shooting the basketball from three. Uh, You take away T.J. McConnell, who's a nice glue guy, not a great shooter, as we know. No more Jimmy Butler, who was their best player in the playoffs a year ago. Yeah, I still think the Sixers have a good team, but where is the shooting coming from? It has to come from Ben, or else you're going to keep on seeing what happens in the postseason. Regular season, you're fine. You could drive up and down the court, but when teams actually care about defense in the playoffs— they dare him to shoot, and if you don't have that ability just to take a wide-open three and and hit the rim... And bury it. It's it's not even bury it, just hit the rim. Yeah, hit the rim, right. And and if you don't do that, then no one's going to respect well, it. But, 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 okay, so he's, you know, I, people have told me he's got to completely revamp his shooting stroke, right? He's got to take it down to, to basically to ground zero and rebuild it all, right? The elbow's out. It's such bad form. It's the ugliest jump shot you'll see in the NBA, he has got to rework the entire thing. You know, Zach, wouldn't you be wouldn't you be embarrassed if you're Ben Simmons at this yeah, stage I would. and guys are laying seven, eight, nine feet off of you, daring you to take the jumper and you refuse to do it? And come postseason time, you're dead on correct. It's one thing. You can get away with it. You know, back to back nights. You know, fifth game and eight nights on a road trip. Somebody's coming into Philly. You can get away with it in the regular season and not be an effective jump shooter because of how physically gifted he is. But come playoff time, when teams are locking down on you and you've got a seven-game series and you're facing the upper echelon teams in the NBA, you're not going to be able to get away with it. You're not going to be able to score. And it's alarming that he's not been able to fix it yet because the whole world knows he needs to have the confidence. To and you knew it coming shot. out of LSU. Yep. So... If you are if you are Elton Brand, it's you have to give him that deal without a doubt, or do you have reservations about giving Simmons that five year, hundred seventy million dollar extension? The thing is, though, with this process, and I know Elton Brand wasn't leading the process; it was Sam Henke. How do you turn away one of the biggest prizes of this process? Someone that shows promise. Now he has to develop the shooting, but if you don't give him that deal. All you have is Embiid from the process. It makes the organization look like a laughing stock, and you're still in a position to win this year and for future years to come. And, and he's young. Yeah, you have to give him that money. It's one, like, for example, I know Chris Middleton didn't get the max, but Chris Middleton is not worth the money that you're paying him. No. Uh, Tobias Harris, even five years, $180 million. Good player. Is he worth that money? No. Uh, but you have to pay him because you have to keep someone. I think. Hey, Jimmy Butler is the person they should have kept. And whatever Jimmy Butler wants to say, he's all about winning, blah, blah, blah. Bunch of nonsense. He went to Miami. He was sick of the cold in Chicago, sick of the cold in Minnesota. He was sick of the cold in Philadelphia. Maybe he had some personality clashes with some on the team. I thought Jimmy was a good teammate when I was around him uh, in Philadelphia. I can't speak for what happened 
in Minnesota and Chicago. He wanted to go down to South Beach, be the guy, and this is what we get with all these decisions. It makes it so complicated. We don't know if the player wants to be the guy or he could be like Kyrie, wants to be the guy, then after a year is okay with being second fiddle. Paul George, how many times do we hear? Yeah. L.A., L.A., L.A. Oh, you play with Russell Westbrook, you're fine with it. Fell in love with playing with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. I guess I look at that team, we asked Billy King that question. Are they I, better? I don't know if they're better. I think it's such a difficult question. I don't, I don't know if they're better. I Al think Horford. They, yeah, Horford I think will be a great teammate, great influence. And also two years ago in the postseason when they did play the Sixers, Horford in the final five destroyed minutes. Destroyed Embiid. Owned, owned Embiid. Yeah, right, yeah. destroyed him. So they take that out of the equation. I just don't think you can survive or win an NBA championship if you can't shoot. Yeah, this way, and tell look, me, look at the Warriors, though. Right. Well, I mean. It, Even the some, Raptors. Well, let me ask you this. There were some in Philadelphia that thought Harris and Butler's games were too similar to be teammates. I think you just had too many cooks trying to pick all the groceries. All right. So, yeah, right. So, you, you, but you think you would have been comfortable. You would have rather brought Butler back than Harris. Yes. Okay. He was now, the best player in the playoffs. Now, do you think do you think their games meshed one well together? You had to make a choice as an organization, Harris or Butler. I think you could have got it to work over time. Remember, that's tough to do, plugging and no, playing in the middle it's of the true. season. That's true. Uh, but I think it was also maybe from a financial standpoint. I know they could have somehow afforded, you know, both, but I think they wanted to make a decision one or the other. Now, Zach, if we go back, you know, if we go back to hand checking NBA where there's no zone defense. I think I think the 76er team would be great. I mean, I really do. I mean, if you back to the basket, Got you know, twin towers down low too. Correct. Now. I mean, Horford, you know, big uh, big guards. You can be physical at the point of it. There's a there's a lot. I think in 2019, 20 NBA, if you can't consistently hit the outside shot, where huge you're having, problem. It's a huge problem. If you are going to get consistently outscored from behind the arc. And uh, you know, on a nightly basis, it's hard to consistently win. But if you look at the state of the Easter Conference right now, who are the teams that are so much better than the Sixers? I think Boston is going to take a monumental step forward. Boston's good. I, but I, And I think chemistry-wise... But how much does losing Horford hurt them? It helps that they lost Kyrie because right. of the fact of the chemistry problems, but... Losing oh, that hurt, that hurts him. No, yeah. that hurts him. You're right. No, there, there's no doubt. They maybe Cantor. Maybe I'm nice yeah, job. But he right. But he's not Al Horford. Fair. Horford's a better all around player than than Enos Cantor. I I was looking at more of the guard play. I think if if I look at the Boston Celtics' success, I'm looking at Brown, Tatum, and Walker. Not bad. Right, I mean, those are the three guys, and I need Jason Tatum to play like he did two postseasons ago. And I think ago. he will. And I think he will, where he looked like the one. He dunked on LeBron. Remember dunked that? on LeBron, and he looked like he was a rising franchise player. Took a step back a year ago. I think getting rid of Rozier, who clearly had uh, you know issues with the way he was worked last year for Brad Stevens. Thought he was a little bigger than he actually is. Correct, and I think getting rid of Irving. Horford's the big loss, but I think chemistry-wise, I think they'll actually have a team that actually cares to play with one another now. And, hey, going back to the Sixers, I think Josh Richardson, this is a guy that is going to be asked to shoot a lot. He is going to be asked to shoot a lot. And a lot of pre- he's going to have to knock down a lot of those shots. Maybe they get Kyle Korver back. Maybe they do. That's a good one. He's going to get bought out. He's going to get bought out. Not the same player, but could still knock down a three. He can still knock down a three. But it'll be fascinating. That Philadelphia team now with their big four, and they're locked in now. Embiid, Simmons... 
Horford and um, and Tobias Harris. Those are going to be their big four here moving forward. That's the Philadelphia 76ers franchise. And they have to win a championship because you ask your fans, the passionate fans of Philadelphia, to yep. go through that crap where I was at those games oh. and there was no one there. And over time, I became to – I used to hate the process and I understood it because they were getting Embiid, they were getting Simmons, they trade up for Markel Fultz. You think Markel Fultz is going to be great? And then he, he's a complete boss. He's a complete – and they understood as an organization, say what the Knicks don't. Guys don't want to come. So what do you have to do? You have to draft guys, and you have to get them early in their career so then you can pay them to Which stay. is bizarre because we always hear New York, Philadelphia. Yeah. You, you think players will want to go there, but, but New they, York the, is, a, is a clown show. Madison Square Garden doesn't have uh, the allure as it once did. You know, It's a great building to go to as a fan, and it still works for the Rangers, but when you're that much of a dysfunctional organization, people yep. don't want to go there. And no. for a while, the Sixers, with Henke running the show in league circles, were – Perceived as a dysfunctional organization. No question. Especially Eight- all that injury report stuff that they do. There. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We'll come back. We got the three for you. The three big headlines you need to know on this July 4th Thursday morning. I'm Mark Malusis. He's Zach Gelb. It's Taz in the Moose. Zach in for Taz on this Thursday morning. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, uh, certainly is. John Fass is in the building. Third and final update. And I asked him a very important question here on this 4th of July. As everyone gets set to fire up the barbecues, whether it be propane or charcoal, a little bit later on in the day. Um, skirt steak, John. Uh, you're, the, you're the chef of the morning show today. Uh, marinade or dry rub? Marinade. My question is, how do you know that? I, but skirt steak is my specialty. Did Zach tell you that? No. You think we you talk just go, during the breaks? Yeah. You just <laughs> randomly no. ask me about skirt steak. I, I my, just randomly no because my wife, my skirt steak is absolutely my specialty. Really? Without a so doubt. So what do you yeah. matter? So that I need to know because my wife texted me last night said I got some skirt steak uh, that I need you to barbecue tomorrow on the grill, which tomorrow is today. So what would you do? I'll with give the skirt you the steak? measurements uh, before you head out. But yes, the ingredients are oil, soy sauce. Ginger, garlic, dry mustard, and molasses. Really? It is phenomenal. Benji Molina la- molasses? Or? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I get your slow joke. Uh, <laughs> Zach Gelb molasses. Um, I actually ran 5 5Ks in my life, believe it or not. Oh, there you go. Was it a quick the athletic time, prowess of Zach Gell. Yeah, we're not the, talking distance. We're talking July. speed. Right. That's exactly. Uh, but, I'll, you know, the measurements off, off the top of my head, I mean, you know. I could probably come up with it for you before you leave. But, uh, you know, and I swear by it. That's, you know. So fresh ginger, fresh garlic? Uh, I mean, you could use the, The I I always try, not not dry, like powder. I mean, you could get the the stuff that comes in the jar, you know. Okay, all right. The minced garlic and olive oil, you could use that. But I prefer fresh whenever I cook. Now, what's Uh, the temperature that you cook it to? It's a steak. I mean, you know, I go medium rare, but you like to sear it. I like to get a little char on the skirt steak, but not overcook it, so. So then, cook how, it hot and quick. Hot and quick. So what is that like? Two, three minutes on each side. Uh, you know, it depends on the, the. And how long do you marinate it for? Uh, hours. So you might be up against it, but it's still better than nothing. All right. So you know. So if I only try it this time, and if when I'm you only like able it, you to realize, marinate it for a couple hours, will I get the impact or no? You'll get the impact. It might not be you know, an A great. plus. 
Right. It'll is be this, a B plus, A minus. And if it's your first, you won't know any better. So, Is this a John uh, original recipe? I got it from my mom's friend, actually, okay. a long time ago. But, you know, we do this Eagle Strip once a year. And, I mean, this is the only dish that has literally been cooked every year. And we've there done it 19 or 20 times now in a row. This one is by far do you re- cook a lot, always Bruce? requested. Uh, I do. My wife does not cook. Okay. So I yeah well she'll make some eggs rice uh, you know pasta and stuff like that my it's kind of a running joke in our house um, yeah I do cook at home yeah I do cook the, if you were an NBA player though you have to have eventual like load management day right yes so I, would, I would yes there Friday, are Friday you probably order and get a few pizzas yeah right? weekends is I'm not there like today is one thing with the barbecue but on the weekends I'm not like oh yeah let's let's go buy a oven roaster let's go do no no I need like you know. Yeah, my kids enjoy it when I cook and I make them stuff, you know, cook them stuff they like and, and everything. I'm not saying my wife isn't capable. It's yeah, just I'm by say choice. You're going to a doghouse right Right. There. <laughs> it's just by choice. She's not listening right now, anyways. <laughs> she's barely, she's probably, hopefully, for her sake, she's still sleeping. Hopefully, the kids are still sleeping. So, no shot. yes, that's it. If it was tomorrow morning when the kids have got camp, then she'd be in the car listening right now. On the 4th of July, she's not locked. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I'm not going to be in the doghouse, so to speak, later on in the day. But that's no, good. I do. You cook? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 24 years old. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, matter. I'm not going to have, you know, uh, you know, a ton of dishes, but I, I can make some good chicken. Okay. Well, anyone's capable of cooking, Moose. That's true. That, yeah, but not cooking well. That's right. Anyway, that's a good point by Brian. Everyone is capable. I make make a nice little meat sauce sometimes with some pasta. All right. It's not a trick question, Zach. I mean, no one's grading me out here. I looked at you. I said, do you cook? You He's getting at me very like, defensive. You looked at me like like basically uh, like uh, try, I just asked you. Think what, uh, I asked you to define the Pythagorean theorem on this Thursday morning. I was like, do you cook? That's my Little right. bit. <laughs> little bit. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Trying to find someone that will cook for you. you know? No, no. That, well, that's it. That's the key. All right, John. We got the three coming your way. The three big headlines you need to know on this 4th of July. Fast has got another update. Take it away, John. All right, guys. The support sponsored by Wrangler Outdoor. Pants and shirts made with durable fabrics, moisture management, and UPF 30 protection. Wrangler Outdoor clothing with outdoor credibility and everyday versatility. Try them on today. Plenty of strong pitching performances last night around the majors. The Indians shut out the Royals 4-0 behind Mike Clevenger, who gave up just four hits and struck out nine over six scoreless innings. Clevenger has owned Kansas City throughout his career in 11 appearances, including 10 starts. He's 7-0 with a 2.03 ERA. I don't think about that. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to win each day I go to the mound. You know, I'm just keeping us in the ball game. I think that's just more a uh, coincidence, if anything. I know we play them a lot, so... I mean, bad luck for them. I have my good outings against them, so yeah. And the Indians now 19-9 and over their last 28 games. And similar to the Tribe, the Nationals are picking up steam after a slow start. On May 23rd, the Nats were 19-31. and They've gone 25-10 and since, including a 3-1 win over the Marlins last night. Steven Strasburg dominated, allowing just two hits while striking out 14 over 7 and a third. You know, we come in here every single day wanting to play hard and uh, go out there and get the job done. And um, you know, we're playing good baseball right now. And, um, you know, we're just going to continue to do that into the break. And, uh, you know, second half begins and, and it gets interesting. And the Nats in third place in the NLE, six games behind front-running Atlanta, just a half game behind second-place Philadelphia. The Braves dumped the Phils 9-2 last night behind home runs from Josh Donaldson, Austin Riley, and Matt Joyce. Domingo Herman returned from a near-month-long stint on the IL to lead the Yankees past the Mets 5-1. Herman picked up his 10th win. He gave up one run on five hits over six. 
Jaime Berea on the Angels roster, replacing Tyler Skaggs, who died suddenly on Monday, struck out eight over five innings as the Angels beat the Rangers 6-2. And Sonny Gray struck out 12 while giving up just four hits over eight scoreless innings. He led the Reds past the Brewers 3-0. Well, we continue to wait for the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes to come to an end, but in the meantime, the Suns have reportedly traded Josh Jackson and the Anthony Melton to the Grizzlies for Kyle Korver and Javon Carter. Phoenix will reportedly buy Korver out. That makes him free to sign elsewhere. And after trading for Andre Iguodala, the Grizzlies reportedly not looking to buy him out, but rather trying to find a trade partner. And at the Women's World Cup, the Netherlands knocked out Sweden extra time 1-0. The Dutch advanced to Sunday's final where they'll take on the United States. The U.S. men's team, a 3-1 win over Jamaica last night in the Gold Cup semis. They advanced to Sunday's final where they'll square off with Mexico at Soldier Field. All right. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it. Happy 4th of July to you and your family. Yeah, you too, guys. Good job this morning. Enjoy that skirt steak. Yes, I got to get that recipe. You got to write that down. I know. uh, How-to instructions for Moose, That's it. Yes. Thank you, Zach. And make sure to uh, blow Zach off when he asks you if he can come over tonight. Too. Yeah, I will. Uh, I won't. I, I will not respond to any text messages from Zach Gelb throughout the course of the Fourth of July holiday. You're expecting text messages? No. I, even where, if, where do you live? You live in Jersey, right? No, I'm in Connecticut. Oh, you're in Connecticut. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm in Connecticut. Uh, way too far of a trip. <laughs> Let's get to it. Here we go. Three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose, number one. Kawhi Leonard not expected to make a decision this weekend. Ah, nice job, James, across the way. Uh, there you go. Right? No? It's not you? No? Who is that? That's me. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I, was was like that, I was fish. like, oh, thanks. Oh, yes, I said thank you. I thought maybe I mis- I misheard. I was yeah. I was giving you credit, and I saw the face. I was like, maybe I said No, the- no, no. Okay. It was no. the biggest honor of my oh. career so far when I was asked to read the three one day. I'm happy that I'm happy that uh, it got done and we're all doing it now. Yes, that's exactly Mikey right. B, by the way, when that happened, he comes up to me. He like, yeah. confides me in a corner and he goes, Hey, I got a secret for everyone. We can't tell Taz and Moose, don't tell him you're doing this, but I want you to read the three today. Because Zach was on vacation. Zach was down in Disney, I believe. It, it was as if it was a, a secret operation. Well, it was great. Well, because we, every day we were, ha- we were having rotating ah, voices. Gotcha. That's it. So you were one of the uh, one of the five, I think five guys or gals that week that, that did it. I think, yes. My favorite part whenever Taz. I think Taz, we had Vicky one day do it. Okay. Yeah. My favorite, whenever Taz mentions me, he always goes, big kid. Nice kid, but big kid. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, you are. That's true. Both, both true and the same, right? As we wait on Kawhi Leonard to make his decision up there in Toronto. Uh, he's staying up in the area. We know he flew out there, private plane, uh, tracked by helicopters, two black SUVs, given the final meeting to Masai Ujiri and the Toronto Raptors before ultimately he makes his decision. Where are we? Where's the lean? I mean, it depends on who you ask. I mean, the reports yesterday where the lean was the Lakers. The reports last night was no decisions been made. Chris Carter is close to the situation, said everyone's got a shot. Um, Vegas seems to believe that it's going to be Los Angeles and being the Lakers. Um, and there are a lot of people in Toronto that believe ultimately he's going to stay with the Raptors. We discussed it. Check out the podcast a little later on in the day. Radio.com, Apple Podcast. We went through it basically soup to nuts, Zach, in the first hour of the program. Now, I, I think better for the NBA. I think he ends up with Toronto. I still have a hard time envisioning him leaving a championship team to go to an unknown. Now, a little bit more certainty with the Lakers than the Clippers, but he knows what he's getting in Toronto. Anybody but the Lakers is the way I look at yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I, I want to go into a season not knowing who's going to the finals in both conferences. 
Yeah, I, I think that would be good. Parity for the NBA, to, to me, would be a good thing for the league. Number two. Kawhi Leonard, not a fan of Lakers leaking information. Yeah, well, and that's the one thing. So, so you look at everything has kind of been hush-hush surrounding Kawhi Leonard, more so than anybody else. I mean, you, I mean, the Durant and Irving speculation ran rampant. You even heard some about Jimmy Butler and Houston and maybe the Rockets as Daryl Moore is pursuing him. I mean, it, it's hard to keep information close to the vest, especially when you're as great of a player as Leonard is, and you've got, you know, an inner circle or support staff that is great as his is, um, led by his uncle. But um, he does not – he obviously, if you're the Clippers, Lakers, or Raptors, you want to make sure everything is kept, you know, kept inside because he is not one that likes to play the drama angle. Others do. LeBron loves it. Other stars in the league do. And reportedly, he's a little bit bothered by the fact that Lakers, some information did get leaked out. Yeah, with the conversation with Magic. And then Correct. with the Raptors, I'm not saying the team leaked it. I think I read somewhere that it was a hotel employee that released that they were meeting at that hotel. Uh, so the listener tweeted at me. Uh, so if he's going by that theory, if you believe it's all about the leaks, which I don't think who leaks what is really going to make his decision. We haven't really heard much from the No, but it, is a tr- but it is a trust angle, Zach. Sure. There is a there is something to be said about how your organization is run, and there is the trust factor. I think ultimately, let by if he wants to be a Laker, he's going to be a Laker. If he wants to be a Clipper, he's going to be a Clipper. If he wants to be a Raptor, obviously go down the line. But I think it cre- creates some hesitancy where you let it be known. Listen, I don't want any information out there. I want this to be kept as private as you can. And then all of a sudden, start information starts coming out, and you know. There's maybe only three or four people that know about it, or it's a mono a mono conversation that you're having with Magic. That's a problem. He's the only athlete right now that I could think of off the top of my head where you clearly have no read on on who he is as a as a person. You know what he likes to do. He he's so close to the best that just look at this. We talked about it earlier. It was everyone is talking about hey. We already know our decision before it starts. This guy's actually waiting and following the guideline and the yeah. timeline. It's it's so bizarre. It is very strange. It's hard to get a read on him. He's so introverted, um, and you know, I think he just I think he likes it that way. But in this scenario, it's very very difficult to get a feel in terms of where he might be leaning because I think you can make an argument for easily for any of the three teams where he decides to go. And I just hope that we get a decision sooner. Yeah, the athletic, I don't want this to go to next week. Yeah, no, I know, but the athletic did report that yeah. um, that it could last through the weekend. I, I mean, if you're going to stay in Toronto, wouldn't you think that in the next day or so that you'd be making your decision? You would if think he gets, if he gets back on that plane and leaves Toronto, I would have a hard time thinking then he's going to make the decision from Los Angeles or whatever city he's in that he's going to go back to Toronto and resign with the Raptors. Wouldn't you think if he's staying in Toronto, you have a decision today? You would like to think, but also it's 4th of July. Who, who knows? Maybe he wants to just kick it with some friends. And then Durant decided on the 4th of July. Yeah. He did. I mean, you look back at Durant decided on the 4th of July. LeBron, when he went back to Cleveland, was July 8th. When LeBron left for Miami, it was July 7th. How will he announce it is the question. Probably uh, a fax. I saw someone said, update the LinkedIn profile. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. He updates his Wikipedia page. Yeah. Right. That's it. All of a sudden, somebody stumbles upon, you know, signing a five-year, $190 million deal with the Toronto Raptors. Oh, he's going to Oklahoma City? Yeah, that wasn't one exactly of the rumored right. teams. <laughs> 
All right, here we go. Next. Number three. DeMarcus Cousins fires longtime agent after lack of free agent interest. Yeah, it's not his agent's fault, Zach. He's got no lift left. I mean, we look at Achilles injuries, and this is the reservation with uh, with Kevin Durant. Durant's a different athlete. He's thinner. He's not as big-bodied. Yes, he's longer. I get it. He's a lot leaner. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, there's a couple things. Number one is... Uh, his personality. He's been divisive in certain spots in his NBA career, especially when he was a member of the Sacramento Kings. And then you look at him this past year, and now coming off now a quad injury. He's another year older. Achilles and quad injury. He looked slow on the court for Golden State. He had little to no lift around the basket. And I think I think teams look at him and say, is he worth it? Is it worth bringing DeMarcus Cousins in? If I'm going to get a 60 or 65% player of what he once was, and I've got to deal with a little bit of an attitude. This comes down to the ego of an athlete. He was told, you'll go to Golden State, you'll win a championship, you'll play for a year, and then it will lead to a big contract. And instead of realizing that it's all on himself and the injuries and, and things of that nature, now he needs to have someone to blame. So that's why he moves on from the he does I don't love, love it, but that's no, what it is. Well, that, well that, you're right. That is what it is. Now, he's got he's to eat a little piece of humble pie, and he's got to take a veteran minimum and go to a place where he can play. And it, I still it, think he could play. I, I, he's never be the old DeMarcus Boogie Cousins, but early on in that finals, he looked cooked, and then by the end, he, he played a little bit better. Right, but if he wants to get – you're right about it. If he wants to get paid, though, he's got to go to a place where he's going to play where he's going to be a starter. You know, go to a bad team, prove yourself that you're, again, a 20-12 and 12 guy, and then hit free agency next year when the free agency class is very, very And weak. get through a year healthy, too. Get through a year healthy, be productive, and put yourself in a spot to play. Not to where you're taking on this bit role, but you're going to have to do it for the veteran minimum. That's what you're going to have to do, because I think that's all that teams are willing to offer him right now. And is the athlete willing to change? Like, look at Carmelo Anthony. Barely played last year, other than that cup of coffee with the uh, Rockets that everyone forgets and Carmelo wasn't willing to take a lesser role so don't you don't you think if if you're facing basketball abyss that you would adapt and change you would think but here's the difference that's you and I saying that these guys have been told their entire life you're the man you're the man you're Ah, the man and you get shocked when you're not the man anymore. Yeah, that's a good perspective. That really is. So there you have it. Uh, those are your three big headlines here on this uh, July 4th, Thursday morning. Cousins firing his agent. Doesn't understand why he doesn't have a free agency deal. Kawhi a little bit bothered by the leaks from the Los Angeles Lakers. And still yet no decision for Leonard as he wakes up here on this July 4th, Thursday morning up in Toronto as he's given the last ditch to the Raptors to make their last pitch to him in free agency. We come back. We got the undercard for you. Zach Gelb in for Taz. Mark Malusis with you. It's Taz and the Moose on this Thursday morning, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. Brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, let's get to it. Here's the, here is the undercar. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, what do we got, James? 
Bears tight, uh, Browns tight end, sorry, David Njoku says they felt disrespected by Hugh Jackson last season. Uh, will you move on already? Is the question I pose to you? Yes, I, I think I think the Cleveland Browns. I mean, it was it, it was a disaster. It didn't work. I mean, Zach, I, I think we all realize that Hugh Jackson. He's a good assistant coach. Could be a good offensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. I think he proved that in Cleveland with the Browns. I know he wasn't getting a lot in order to be successful, but development of guys made no sense last year. Not to start Baker at the beginning of the season, um, they didn't. Uh, and I, but I think if you're if you're a Cleveland Brown, if you're David Njoku right now, yes, I think you got to move on. And also, you could say the same for Odell Beckham. Uh, yeah. Stop talking about the Giants, you know, in interviews, even though you get asked about it. There's ways when you get asked a question to avoid answering it, or just say, "Hey, simply, I'm not talking about it anymore." And this is a an interesting spot for Freddie Kitchens because I think the Browns are going to be good this year. They should win that division. A lot of personalities, though, on that team. Young personalities, too, and you have an inexperienced head coach. They've got, and some of them have got some big-time chips on their shoulder as well. But if they're successful, they can really take the NFL by storm and that AFC by storm. Agree. All right, next. Bears cornerback Eddie Jackson told SiriusXM NFL Radio that he thinks his Bears defense is better or could top the 85 Bears defense. A little out of whack? Uh, we think? Yeah, I mean, listen, that 85. So you're talking about the Bears defense this upcoming season. Is Current be, Bears defense. Right, it's going to be historic. Could I mean, top, that, was right. his quote, the 85 Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, with Buddy Ryan, that 46 defense, Wilburn, Otis, Wilson, Richard Dent, I, I don't I don't see it. I think the Bears defense is going to be good. I don't think they're going to be historically good this upcoming NFL season, Zach. Do you? They'll be good, but... How about, mean, that Bears def- good. How about that Bears defense not making a stop against the Eagles? They let Nick Foles drive up and down the field in that well, playoff game. Right, I, I know, but, I mean, it, it's easy to say our defense is going to be great. We're going to play really well. I mean, you're looking at, the, you know, in the modern era of football, you're looking at the Bears and the Ravens. I mean, there's the two best defenses. I mean, it really kind of changed the landscape at that time in the National Football League. I don't see the Bears doing that, especially with the rule changes in the NFL. and. And how you can't how you can't be physical in the secondary. I think you can be a really good defense. I think you can frustrate guys. I don't think they're going to be historically good though. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Next, Las Vegas better hope Mitch Trubisky doesn't win the MVP because one Vegas sports book had him as 200 to one before editing their odds. Yeah, 200 to one is a lot on Mitchell Trubisky, but I would never put money down on Trubisky winning the MVP. Would you? No, I wouldn't either. Uh, to me, Mitch Trubisky's good quarterback. You know. He has a, a lot of room for improvement. MVP? You're telling me he's going to beat out, uh, beat out um, Mahomes, Rodgers, you know, all in just one season? You Your can, guy Brady? Uh, Brady, in, too. In yeah, you have so many other guys. Mitch Trubisky? Eh, that team, is if they're going to win and, and get to the get to a Super Bowl, it's going to be more so about the run game and the quarterback just making the timely throw, not consistently being an MVP type of quarterback. With that defense, too, that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, totally agree. All right, next. Theo Epstein promises changes if the Cubs' malaise continues. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm curious in terms of what changes. Are we going to get rid of Matt in here? I mean, you know, what kind of – you're talking about wholesale personnel changes, Zach, out in Chicago with the Cubs. I know the frustration level. You know, they peaked in that World Series victory, and they got helped out. Uh, by that rain delay when it happened against no the Cleveland question. Browns, uh, Cleveland Indians. But um, I look at this. I look at this Cub team. I think they're going to have a different manager after the season. But how big are the changes going to be in Chicago that Theo's hinted at? It doesn't Theo run the team? You know, it's it, well, it, right. Change the manager. It's only going to do so much now. 
that's a, a he's not go he's not going anywhere obviously but now it's funny how we look at the Cubs now they got over the hump they got that one World Series but I would have thought they would have won more since. Oh, yeah. they've been a disappointment since then I I'll, I'll tell you I think I think Girardi is going to get back into the game managing after this season be a great job too it would be in Chicago that's one that he's dreamt about being a manager there what do you think would be more appealing to Girardi don't say the Mets don't Cubs or the Mets I'm a Mets fan. I would tell him not to take the Mets job. But you don't think sticking it to the Yankees in New York wouldn't be appealing to Girardi? Can we be or... realistic? Yeah. Joe Girardi could be the greatest manager of all time. The Mets would still find the way to bleep it up. They might. They, they couldn't might even that. get the 69 celebration right, Moose. Wow. They said two guys were dead that were alive. I understand that, yes. Come well. on. The team's a joke. They're an embarrassment. You have three great storylines with this team offensively, and they can't they, – it's don't, a joke. Don't get caught up in the details. Oh. James, good job across the way. Brian, fantastic. Uh, John with the updates and also giving us a little marinade advice on skirt steak. Mm. The old John Fast family recipe. Uh, Zach, one time. Uh, we'll See do it tomorrow. again tomorrow. You got it. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. Have yourself a wonderful 4th of July. Be safe. Enjoy. Till tomorrow, everybody. Peace. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.